0: Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 46, Great American Bash 1990. The new revolution. How many revolutions?
1: It's the new one, I don't know. It's just the new one? Yeah, I mean, am I missing something here? No, I Okay, was... it's just It's just, it's the just new another one. way of using the, the word new revolution. Yeah, okay. Um, it's they, we're like it's WCW now basically. Do you, do you, like, do you when did the feel, NWA finally feel, go away?
0: It's still the NWA at this point, but like not much longer, right? Not much longer. I think, uh, by but is there, the, but by the end of '91, it definitely is gone. Yeah. After while watching the show, did you feel like it was a new revolution, or did Ole Anderson bring back the old guard?
1: Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's an old revolution. I, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. There's a uh, first half of this shows kids have
0: kids. <laughs> Ole, Ole basically just called up all of his buddies and was like, hey, I got a job for you Did he just get the book? Uh, he got it right before like, Capital okay. Combat
1: okay, which right, was our last show last yeah. week's show.
0: Great American Bash 90 was the 6th annual Great American Bash produced by WCW under the NWA banner The event took place on July 7th 1990 at the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland
1: Hence all the, uh, you know the American and like independence rah-rah logo stuff it's like a old-timey like paper with like a a ink pen and stuff because
0: it's july 7th it's like right after yeah it's 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 like the weekend the weekend
1: of independence day
0: exactly uh we have been to obviously baltimore is kind of the home of great american bash i believe this is the third straight one that's been there
1: so this is the third one that's been like a pay-per-view because we watched like the Yeah. yes the first three were like those big tours tours or whatever yeah
0: and the attendance for the show was fourteen thousand. We're people. up. We're on the we're NWA's.
1: On the, like, what was Capital Combat? Capital well, Combat. I mean, it was obviously less, but I like, want to say it was like we seven. 000? We were doing like some threes, seventy-five hundred, some threes, some sixes. Like, this is double.
0: I just say Baltimore is NWA territory.
1: Yeah, but don't they typically always go to? At this point, they're not really like crossing territories, are they?
0: I mean, really, they just. Doing Chicago and Baltimore and Charlotte. I mean, they're basically that... They're just kind of trading between the three places for their big shows. Because they know that's where they're going to draw, so... I mean, I guess they went to New Orleans there, but they announced that show, like, a week before the show happened, so they didn't get anybody there. But other things that were happening around July 7th? Obviously Independence Day. Yeah. But, step one... We can have lots of fun. Step two there's so much to do. Step three, it's just you and me. Step four, I can give you more. Step five. Don't you know the time has arrived.
1: And what time is that?
0: Step by step by new kids on the block.
1: I only know like the what's the what's the other big new kids on the um, block song? Hangin' tough. That's the only one I know.
0: How do you not know step by step, man? I was three when
1: this show happened.
0: Okay, yeah, I guess I'll give you that. Much. But, like,
1: I mean, I know who New Kids on the Block are. I know Hangin' Tough, but I was not there for. I was not, like, aware of their explosion onto the scene. I mean. I'm a, I was a big Boys to Men fan years later.
0: Big Boys to Men? Yeah, I love the Boys to Men, too. <laughs> yeah. I was more of a Boys to Men than a New Kids I I, I know this song just because it was everywhere, because it yeah. was the number one song. At this point, yeah, on when the radio when
1: radios was still a thing, people listened to, so it was like, yeah, radio couldn't avoid it.
0: Video didn't kill the radio star by nineteen ninety, <laughs> and the other uh, Die Hard two would re- be released the same weekend. Watched Die Hard
1: two for the first time like I think last year. Really? Yeah, I've are seen you, the first. Are you, just, die hard- are you
0: just not a Die Hard guy?
1: I, I like the first movie a lot, and I've only ever seen parts of the other ones on tv as a kid but i mean i never like i'm not uh obviously not a diehard diehard you're guy. not a diehard guy. the uh i know that a lot of people think like the third one is just as good as the first one or better but i've only ever seen parts of it on tv but i know the second one's like the bastard son of the trilogy i mean granted the, the like fourth and maybe fifth one yeah we don't count those yeah i don't think anybody counts those. i did see the fourth one in the theater and thought that it was pretty bad
0: yeah, I saw the fourth one in the theater. That's too. the one with Justin like, Long.
1: Yeah, I remember the when and he, Kevin Smith as the hacker. Oh god. He rides a a motorcycle into a helicopter. I remember that. That's the only thing I remember about the movie and, you know, the hacking stuff. Die Hard 2 is
0: stupid. I enjoyed it. Die Hard 2 is the it's like least good of the original 3. It's very
1: it's like super hokey. But it's still fun.
0: Yeah, totally fun. And oh. it's technically a Christmas movie as well i like i i assume
1: this is true but i always heard that the diehard movies every script is not was not written as a diehard movie and they just took it and slapped diehard on top of it and changed it around a little bit I don't at know least about, with like the first the I, second and third one i don't the know first the, one i don't know
0: about the first two i heard the se- that that was with all I, but the first one i know the third fourth and fifth one all were scripts oh. written for something completely different yeah that they just slapped Die Hard onto they and like basically um, kind of reworked it to make it a Die Hard,
1: which so probably isn't that hard. You're just like, oh, we just put Bruce Willis
0: in it. <laughs> I mean, have a cop have to save the city, and you can pretty much change it to Is uh, is Family Matters dad in
1: more than one of them? Is he in the he second? Is one? Only
0: in the first one. Oh, that's a bummer. I don't remember from the from. The Does second that one. mean that Tgif was in the same universe? Same universe as Die Hard?
1: I guess so, because he's only ever played a cop. And I was a big TJf kid.
0: Because all those shows were connected. Yeah, I
1: try to think of other movies he played a cop in. Was he a cop in Airheads? I think so. Yeah, I'm a big big fan of Airheads. Not I ain't farting enough, on... Not big
0: enough to know if Reginald Van Johnson played a cop <laughs> I don't know, man. I have a bad memory.
1: But yeah, I ain't farting on no snare drum.
0: Let's find out if this show farted on an air... <laughs> on a snare drum? On a snare drum. <laughs> Images of our founding fathers... The Constitution before an image of the horseman Sting, and Flair all in colonial garb. It would been really great if they put like Sting makeup on like George Washington's face. Actually, that would have been awesome. <laughs> the logo then flies in with wrestlers as the stars on the flag.
1: Oh yeah, that's good. That's a good touch.
0: A good little touch. And then Jim Ross and Bob Cottle welcome us to the show. And they basically send us right to the first match. because mm-hmm. It's a quick one. We got we got eleven matches in this show. This is the most matches.
1: They let us know we are going to see the U.S. debut of Van Vader, Big Van Vader. Big Van Vader. That's so right. That's cool. I was excited for that. So you can look forward to that one here. And uh, Joe dog will actually fight.
0: I wonder if he's going to grab them cakes.
1: He's uh, he's going
0: to headbutt some people. That's for sure. That's definitely true. Let's head off to that first match. We have Nature Boy Buddy Landell. Oh, I tricked you, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Thought it was gonna be Ric Flair yeah, Rick Flair in the o- opening, opening show. show, right? Oh god.
1: Heaven forbid.
0: Not quite. Versus Flying Brian Pillman. My question is how many Nature Boys Have there been? Yeah. I mean there's Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Uh huh. And he, Buddy Landell. And Rick basically took the name from him. So we're Buddy Landell. And then Buddy, I think, basically took the gimmick from Rick as well,
1: and he's just Everybody's just fine with
0: that. But he's never really ever done anything with it because he likes to uh, snort cocaine too
1: much. Rick Flair doesn't, or he just was good enough to be able to do it. What do you mean? No, you're saying Rick Flair doesn't like
0: to do cocaine. Oh, I, I'm sure he does. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he was, but he's he,
1: Rick fucking he, Flair, he, so it's fine. He
0: hard. hides his problem a little bit better. I yeah,
1: guess. yeah. I guess if you show, as long as you show up and do the job, I don't think anybody really cares uh, about exactly. the drug thing. At least so, not at this point in
0: time. So the last time we saw Buddy Landell was at Starcade 1985.
1: Oh, and uh, Ole Anderson wasn't booking then. No, he but was But he not. is booking now. He is. But he was probably doing cocaine with Buddy Landell then.
0: Actually, Ole, I don't think ever, probably what? might not have ever done cocaine.
1: Okay. But he probably, Ole, probably, Ole everybody was, partied. Like, Ole was
0: no- pretty straight-laced. Really?
1: Yeah. Nobody was, nobody he like... Did, he
0: didn't travel with the horsemen.
1: No. okay. Really? Yeah. So he... he I just figured that everybody back then at least did some drinking, like...
0: I mean, he probably drank, but... Yeah, like, yeah, but, you know, the heart there's, there's a big difference. Exactly. But Starcade 85 was episode six. So that's 40 episodes ago that we saw like Buddy a, Landell. Are we almost coming up on our, our year anniversary? We're almost there. Just a, like a month and a half away. And we probably already have 52 episodes anyway. There's some, well, if there's you, some, if ex- our, some bonuses. If you count our house shows, actually, next week's show is our... Fifty-second episode.
1: Ah, oh, well, I mean, not technically your anniversary, but it's not our year anniversary. Those were some some extras, guys. Exactly. No pay. No pay. No paywall phone. at, uh,
0: at uh, Wrestling, Wrestling History, History yeah. X. Yes. I was like, what's the name of our show? <laughs> so the match gets started. and Landell gets slapped around early to show that he is not intimidated. Chop fest between the two men. Buddy Irish whips Pillman to the corner, but he jumps to the second rope and comes off with a flying crossbody. Flying Brian sends Landell to the corner, hits a hip toss, and multiple drop kicks to send Bobby to the floor. Landell's on the floor yelling, You want some more of me? And does some posing. And I literally was like, He's kicking your ass at the moment. Like, hey, <laughs> yeah.
1: What do you mean? He's, he's Brian Pillman. Look at him. He, he's got this.
0: Back in the ring, both men with wrist locks until Buddy sends Pillman to the ropes, who comes back with a sunset flip, but Landell stays up and punches down. Another Irish rip by Buddy. Again, Flying Brian jumps to the second rope for a crossbody, but Landell catches him this time to hit a backbreaker. Pillman with chops sends Buddy to the ropes, attempts a drop kick, but Landell holds on to the ropes. Buddy then sends Brian to the ropes, attempts a hip toss, but is blocked, and a reverse attempt is made by Pillman, but Landell with the clothesline Takes him to the mat.
1: It's a nice little a nice little uh, combo there. It really was. Yeah.
0: I mean, these two guys, their styles don't really mesh that well. But they're making it work here. But they are, yeah. Flying Brian firing back with right hands, mounted punches, goes for an Irish whip, but is reversed by Buddy. Landell then hits a vertical suplex, but again, Pillman fires back with right hands, chops, mounted punches, Irish whip to the corner, and charges in. But Buddy catches him with a forearm. Flying Brian sent to the ropes, ducks a clothesline, but comes back with a crossbody, but Landell rolls it through for a near fall. See,
1: I can I don't know that Brian Pillman could have a bad match with somebody that like can work at this point in time.
0: I don't think so either. <laughs> he's just
1: like he's just he's just good. He's the the whole package.
0: Another toss to the ropes by Buddy and goes for a body slam, but Pillman floats over, attempts an O'Connor roll, But again Landell holds onto the ropes so Fly and Brian charges in with the clothesline that Buddy ducks sending Pillman over the ropes to the apron. Brian then climbs up to the top turnbuckle for a high crossbody for the pin and and the the win. win. This match the styles were kind of off but it was like they got to a certain point and they were just like we need to end this and he just like Okay.
1: Yeah, I think it was a good way to start the show. It's like, oh, it's quick. It was quick. Uh, like, Agreed. you know, the old guy got some in on him, uh on Brian and he they still put they've still put the right guy over. Exactly. You know, like uh, and there was enough like high spots to, you know, pay attention to. We there's plenty of times where we're like this was not the way to start a show. Yeah. It happens Very too way. often and I feel like there's I really can't complain about this one.
0: No. Not, you, can't, you can't complain, like, too much
1: about no, it. I was like, it's a, like you, the only thing you could say is, like, why is Buddy Landell in there? It's like, well, to put, to put the young guy over. Exactly. So that's what they did, and they had some good exchanges in there that looked good and were interesting. It wasn't a trap spot. There was no rest holds, really. It kind of just flowed. It's very so, true.
0: You know. Gordon Solis then at the stage area. He runs down some of the matches for the evening before we head off to our second match. The Iron Sheik. Cheeky baby. Versus Captain Mike Rotunda. What a shit gimmick to be stuck with. Seriously. It is very
1: bad. It's like he's a good looking young guy. Why are you putting a stupid sailor hat on? Captain of what ship?
0: For some reason he went from the varsity club where he wrestled in a wrestling singlet, which made sense for him, Yeah. to now he's a...
1: Plus, Jay Arkin Arkin put over all his collegiate stuff when he's in the varsity club, which he's probably going to do here anyway. But, you know, he's not going to talk about him captaining a boat. I hope not. Maybe he was on the row team.
0: The last time we saw Sheiky Baby was at Wrestle War 1989. That was the Music City Showdown. Your favorite logo with the banjo spikes. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was a great logo. Man. I wonder how much one of those shirts is on eBay if they show up.
0: And that was episode 30. So... It's been, been a minute. Been, been like, a little bit.
1: Yeah, like, it's like four it months. feels like it should have been longer <laughs> to see Sheik again, but, because we didn't really see a lot of Sheik in the WWF since we started. He was,
0: he was the tag champs when we first saw him at WrestleMania, but then he yeah. kind of just disappeared after that. Because he had
1: his, his big time to shine was before that, given, of course. Before pay-per-view, yeah. Yeah, given Hulk the belt, creating Hulk-mania.
0: Exactly. He didn't break his leg, as the story goes. So the match starts, Sheik attacks with his flag before the bell, starts choking with his scarf and robe. Sheik, with more chokes, slams Rotunda's head on the turnbuckle and clothesline. Captains toss to the ropes, ducks a clothesline, comes back with a sunset flip for a two-count, hits a scoop slam and a drop kick to send Sheik to the floor. Once back in the ring, a chop fest breaks out between the two, but an irate gets Sheik back in control. And this is when we get the USA chants starting up. USA. USA. Sheik with a gut wrench suplex locks on an ab stretch, grabbing the ropes for leverage, but the ref sees it immediately. (laughs) Why why even do it? He kicks Sheik's arm off, which allows Rotunda to hit a hip toss, an elbow drop, and goes for a second elbow drop, but Sheik moves in time. Sheik with a belly to back suplex, more chokes and chops, but captains firing back with right hands to knock Sheik down. European uppercut by Rotunda, but Sheik with an eye poke and attempts a vertical suplex, but Captain blocks and reverses it into one of his own. Rotunda is then tossed to the floor by Sheik, who starts taunting the crowd, and then Captain's back up on the apron, and Sheik brings him back in with a vertical suplex, attempts a double underhook suplex, but Rotunda reverses it into a backslide to get the pin and in no the win,
1: and that's a nice combo, nice little combo.
0: I always love when the the win comes out of nowhere on one of these like back backslides or something. Yeah, it, totally. It, it keeps the it keeps the momentum, and and when that move happens later, it it's not like oh well, this is just another move they're doing. Yeah. If it happens to win every once in a while. It's a good thing.
1: Yeah, you gotta keep them on their toes. Make make everybody know that like. Yeah, if it could happen at any point. I love when somebody makes the win without their finisher. Exactly, it has to happen sometimes. Otherwise, it's just you're just waiting for the finisher. Like, oh, okay, like it's not over yet. But sometimes it's got to be over.
0: Gordon Solie is then with Harley Race, and Race is facing Tommy Rich later. Rich is one of the men who beat Race for the NWA World Championship once upon a time how
1: long ago matthew
0: all the way back in 1981 that's almost a decade ago almost a decade but that's why they're feuding because harley wants revenge oh yeah on a belt that he lost to him and then won back from him a week later all right makes perfect sense
1: there's maybe this was the lod spot (laughs) (laughs) We'll, we'll, we'll talk on that later i'm sure
0: Harley then makes a prediction that if Flair is not up to the task, Sting will win. And that's something that happens throughout the show, is every time someone is interviewed, they make a prediction for the main event. Sting or Flair, yeah. It's like, all right, cool. I mean, I guess it's it's better that they are thinking this is a big deal for our promotion. Yeah. Instead of it just being like, oh, here's my storyline. I'm in this little part of the world what's happening in the main event doesn't affect me at all. I guess yeah. I guess I can see both sides to it.
1: But it's, it's like th- it's, it is kinda of, it's like, oh, make sure that it sucks that you would ever need to sell a heavyweight title match, but this isn't the worst way to do it.
0: Well and the thing is it's a pay per view, so like technically people, they, have, people hopefully you've people already been selling already, it. Yeah. People have already bought the thing, so third match, we got Dirty Dutch Mantel. Oh, the dirtiest looking man versus the world's strongest man and no i don't mean dino bravo and i'll keep making that joke for a year and I'm a half I'm sure you will because if they're going to tell us that he's the world's strongest man i'm going to keep making the joke
1: doug furnace oh, would... which we saw doug we haven't seen doug furnace wrestle
0: this will be the first time we see him wrestle
1: like us i don't maybe he did he probably didn't do tv yeah, i'm sure he did some tv maybe. stuff maybe i don't know feels like that's kind of weird to put him on tv if you're going to set him up with the last
0: pay-per-view if he was like actually I mean, famous. You're not going to make his debut on a pay-per-view. and
1: He's the strongest man in the world. But, but the last
0: time we saw Dutch Mantel was part of the Kansas Jayhawks during Starcade 1986.
1: Was he that furry then, too? Yes. I do not remember. I do know, I've seen Dutch Mantel loves to sit behind a camera and talk shit. So I've seen him on the internet. And he still, still
0: looks like... A very hairy person. Yeah, like a tarred, tarred and feathered walrus. And Starkate '86 was episode ten, so go back and listen to that episode. It was a fun episode. I think that was one of our favorite Starcades. I believe it. So many Starcades. There's so many. And Jr. says that Mantell isn't too concerned about his appearance.
1: No, but he says that. But it's kind of funny because you can still see the spots on Mantell where he did like shave or trim. Like it's kind of, uh, kind of manicured. Like on the like sides of. His back, I guess. Yeah. But, like, it's, yeah, he is a carpet. Very I've so. seen some some hairy backs, but,
0: my God. Dutch tries a shoulder tackle to start us off, but he's just knocked down. Furnace is running the ropes, hits a shoulder tackle to send Mantell to the floor. And Cottle says, you don't know where the hair begins or where it ends. Like you said, a carpet. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I've had, like, I have one friend that had a back... That hairy or more hairy. And I know, it felt bad. It felt bad for him.
0: You just live life. Yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta move on. I mean, if, if you shave it, it comes back stronger, exactly. right? Dutch is running the ropes. Furnace, with a multiple leapfrogs, goes for a third one. But Mantel has stopped to throw punches. But Doug blocks and picks up Dutch for a press slam. Mantel keeps backing Furnace into the corner multiple times, giving a little slap on each occurrence, just kind of pissing Furnace off. More and more each time. Doug finally fires back with a slap, mounted punches, and a drop kick to send Dutch to the outside. J.R. mentions that Furnace will always be the second most famous athlete from Commerce, Oklahoma. Right behind the great Mickey Mantle.
1: Oh, I mean, is he the only other athlete from Commerce, Oklahoma? I mean, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where Commerce, Oklahoma is, and I'm in Oklahoma.
0: Right now. <laughs> I don't know where it is, (laughs) Yeah, but I know Mickey Mantle's from there. Doug's running the ropes, ducks a clothesline, comes back with a crossbody for a near fall, followed by an arm drag into an arm lock. Mantell comes to life with some clubbing forearms, eye rakes, until Furnace picks him up for a body slam and goes up to the top rope, but misses a splash as Dutch moves. Mantell hits a short arm clothesline, goes for a cover, but Doug throws him off. After some wear down moves, Dutch throws Furnace through the ropes to the outside and follows after to continue the attack with another short arm clothesline. Is he
1: doing trying to set up a DDT?
0: Maybe. (laughs) Dragging Doug back into the ring before hitting a vertical suplex, Mantle goes for the cover but is thrown off again halfway across the ring because, you know, he's the world's strongest man. Well,
1: I just thought Dutch Mantle, that's probably not his real name. Do you think that... Maybe he just swapped the E and the L to uh, well, change his last Furnace, name. Furnace,
0: that's the other athlete from Commerce. Oh, it's Furnace? Yeah, it's Furnace. Oh, I totally
1: didn't catch that. My bad. I'm a bad
0: listener, I apologize. More arm locks by Dutch, but the ref catches him using the trunks in leverage, so he forces Mantel to break the hold. Dutch begins arguing with the ref when Furnace grabs an inside cradle for a near fall. Doug's running the ropes, ducks a clothesline, comes back with the flying shoulder tackle before hitting a power slam and tosses Mantell to the ropes, but ducks his head, allowing Dutch to kick him. But it doesn't phase him as the two men start brawling. Mantell tosses Furnace to the ropes, ducks his head, and Doug with a wild kick into the gut, but an eye rake leaves him back in control. Dutch goes for an Irish whip, but is reversed to send Mantell to the ropes. Furnace with the leapfrog. When Dutch comes back off the ropes, Doug has moved behind him. Where did he go? It's like, what? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? He grabs him, <laughs> hits a snap belly to belly for the pin, and,
1: and the win.
0: win. I just like that was just a little goofy. The Where moving out go? the moving out of the way was goofy. The suplex looked good.
1: Oh yeah, like Furnace, I don't know like how long he's been training, but he doesn't look bad in there. I obviously I he's agree. yeah and like well did he does that backflip move off like the second rope? Yeah. just just to flex on everybody, just to like you know be like yo, I got some tricks, man. What was the name and of the, the guy, cool? guy that
0: uh, wrestled Bret Hart and the, the oh, missing tape thing? Oh, uh, you know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, but he does
1: the same. He does that same thing. Like, I was thing. like, like as I'm watching I, this I match, I thought,
0: thought I was like, that's the guy I was thinking of. I was
1: like. They who they, they were like this could be the next guy, and they're like, "Oh no, he was just wrestling Bret Hart. That's the deal." Yeah. it's like he was an athletic guy, but he didn't have like you know, the the the, it, the the wherewithal moves. to be the wrestler that they, they were hoping he would be. But he looked it looked incredible. I was glad they found that little tape because it's one of those things. I was like, "Oh, like that'd be neat to see." Exactly, we got
0: to see it. It was cool. Yeah, it was fun. Gordon, we'll find his name before this is over, so we can at least say it. You Google it. I'll okay. keep going. Gordon Solis then with Jim Cornette. And Jim's now talking about the card of the show, and he says, while you're sitting back there in the locker room, I want you to look yourselves in the mirror, and I want you to ask yourselves a question. Are we big enough? Are we bad enough? Are we mean enough? Tough enough? And we got guts enough to get in that ring and take a championship away from the Midnight Express? Very few have succeeded over the years, and those that did knew they were in for the fight of their life. Bum, bum, bum This is where big boys play. It's probably my favorite, one of my favorite cornet promos, and he's talking about the Southern Boys, and it's like I don't even know who the Southern Boys are.
1: Yeah, I was like, Ugh. I mean, I've when we get to their names, there's one that I'm like, oh yeah, I know that name, and the other one I'm like, I mean, Armstrong. There's probably a lot of Armstrongs. I was like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the. Maybe he's related maybe to one of them. Who yeah. knows? Tom McGee. Tom. Fucking McGee. Yeah, there's like two matches, I think, on like the network. They're probably also on just like YouTube. I can't remember who the other, I think the other match was against Ted DiBiase. And uh, yeah, it I was think like, so. it was maybe out a taping, but it wasn't like, it was like basically a dark match, but they taped it, everything back then. Yeah. You know, because they'd throw matches on to see if guys
0: had it. But if they ran short on time. They could, yeah, it was them pretty them cool. On. But the, you know, the Bret Hart one's cool too. Very much so. Our fourth match Wildfire Tommy Rich versus Harley Race. So this is the first time where we get like two old guys. Yes. And they're feuding over something from 9 years ago.
1: Yeah. At least the other one like they put over the right guy. He's like, "Okay, I'm going to have my put my old friends on these cards." They all can But it f- helps build up the young guys. guys and all these guys, none of these guys have had any like they all look good in the ring. Exactly. Like, all three of these first matches are good short little matches.
0: They're not you know i mean when you look at them you're like okay they were there but they're actually decent matches they're magics. better than a lot
1: of stuff we've seen with current you know like they're it's better than some matches you'll see at like wrestlemania 5 or whatever exactly. or so last better time, worked
0: last time we saw harley race was speaking of uh wwf yes, sir. The royal rumble 1989 which was episode 25 and i feel like he has the same exact trunks on. oh
1: you mean his uh well, his King Harley race trunks. His King Harley race trunks, exactly.
0: I loved Jim Ross's line during this match. He was oh like, man, it's funny. Why is he wearing purple? Is he a fan of the Sacramento like, Kings?
1: Because he's got yeah, he got the.
0: <laughs> at least he didn't
1: come out with like the robe. That would have been really messed up. But yeah, it's like he didn't even get different gear. But you know, we all we love Harley Race. He definitely considering.
0: I mean the it's time been a difference, year and a half but he does. he's yeah. wrestled in a pay per view. He's looking he a
1: little bit like a year and a half of uh, his time off. Yeah, to be honest.
0: So the match gets started. We got Rich with sh- multiple shoulder tackles to get us started, but Race is right back with a clothesline, misses an elbow drop and Wildfire with the scoop slam. Harley with an Irish whip, but it was reversed by Rich, sending Race shoulder first into the ring post. Posted. Tommy continues the attack with a arm lock
1: yeah he's an arm lock guy isn't he he's is very much an arm lock
0: guy he's the guy that I always complain about because he just yeah because he does armlock. like let's get if you're gonna do movement. if you're gonna
1: do an arm lock you better be working that arm
0: to it's the a, point where they're selling you the exactly Harley tosses rich to the ropes hits a high knee and a pile driver to send wildfire to the apron early pile driver race follows out hits a vertical suplex on the rampway. Followed by a knee drop and guillotining Rich across the top rope, back in the ring Harley with the headbutt before tossing Tommy back to the outside.
1: Is this like the? Is this the first show we've had where the? It has the ramp that goes directly to the ring.
0: Yeah, so instead of there actually being like an entryway, the ramp was like flush. with, yeah, yeah. with the apron. Rich I know.
1: I feel like I s- see that in some other early, like we've... I guess later than this, but early. WCW, I feel like that's a thing they did pretty often.
0: See, I actually the first time I feel like I ever saw it was like a Ring of Honor show Oh really? Just a few years ago when I got back into wrestling. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. But or no, actually I think it was Impact. What Ring of Honor? And I was just like, that's weird, why would they do that? Because it takes away like the side of of the
1: ring. I feel like I've seen it on when I got back into wrestling but i only just down like downloaded matches and like got together with my buddy and we uh, just watched random ones with guys we liked in it and there was i think a i think it was a vader like cactus jack match or something like that that was you know wcw match and i think one of them gets slammed through it maybe but like really? yeah but i uh, it was probably like a year or so after this i'd imagine
0: yeah, we might go. We might get to it Yeah, point. Yeah,
1: I don't know what it was from, but it is a thing that I feel like we will see more of in WCW from here. Uh, probably. Probably. I don't think I've ever seen it in WWF.
0: Yeah, I don't think WWE. I've ever seen it in WWF. I know AEW does it quite a bit. Oh, have they? And Impact, I think Impact is basically gone. That's how they set their... Yeah, that's just like their how standard... They set their stuff up yeah. at this point, so rich is pulled back into the ring starts firing away hits a clothesline that sends race over the ropes to the floor and hits his head on the apron as he went down wildfire falls out to hit a scoop slam on the floor brings him back into the ring with a vertical suplex and then rich hits a second rope falling fist for a near fall harley's firing back with a knee lift a belly to belly suplex clothesline a knee drop swinging neck breaker But Tommy starts firing back with right hands and an elbow to the head. Knee lift and a headbutt to the gut by race leaves Rich staggered. Wildfire picks up Harley near the ropes, which ends up toppling them both over the ropes to the floor. And then begin brawling on the outside.
1: I low-key kind of think this match is kind of tight. Like, it's so much... They're they're trying. And I think that for some reason I feel like there's, like, some... I got a I got I kinda got into this match a little bit. Which I is agree. weird. I didn't expect I would. I, I was the same way. I think it was the low expectations made the match better because I was like, huh, Cool. What is this? Yeah, so after, like after that early pile driver, and then you know, there's a lot of a lot of like big moves.
0: Race then rolls back into the ring while Tommy goes to the top rope, coming off with a crossbody, but Harley uses the momentum to roll over on top for the pin. And the win. Boom, boom, boom. So it's is good. this feud over? I think this feud's been over for nine years. We just restarted. <laughs> so Gordon Solie is then on the stage area with me, Mark, and Paul E. Dangerously.
1: What like have we? Is this the first time we've seen Paulie and W? Well, we the saw him time, on a W H. First show. time
0: we've seen him since Great American Bash 1989. So it's been a year. Okay which was episode 31. Basically, this is another promo putting over the main event. Mm-hmm. Every, like I said, every promo, every promo puts over the main event and then says, we're going to win our match. But, yeah, yeah. What else are they going to say? But then, I
1: think we're going to lose tonight. I do am not feeling too hot about this one.
0: But poly pulls out a shirt that's it's like a Lex Luger shirt, and he said, I don't know if it's a t-shirt or toilet paper.
1: Yeah, that was fun. Was a good line. Yeah, he's got his full hat gimmick and same same Polly dangerously. He's same, still the still got his what, what is the yuppie? Um, what is the his his nickname?
0: I don't remember, but it was Some, yuppie something. something. Yeah, the
1: psycho yuppie, which yeah, is a fucking great gimmick. It's hilarious. Just like I just think it's a great name. It is a great name. And like I was thinking, I was like maybe somebody read American Psycho. It's like maybe Polly's a, a Brady Sinellis fan. pretty sure that book doesn't come out until like 91 or 92 and then the movie way later like 99 i think i never finished the book it got too much for me and i'm a guy that isn't easily like that's one of those weird ones that
0: you didn't get through but i fucking love
1: i only didn't get through because i had to put it down because i was like sweating reading it i was like this is disgusting this is too much but i know it only gets worse it does maybe i'll listen to it that'd probably be worse yeah, I
0: <laughs> but, Yeah. But. but we're off to our fifth match. The Southern Boys of Steve Armstrong and Tracy Smothers versus the Midnight Express of Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. It's like, do we even have to say anymore? <laughs> if you don't know Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane by now, with Jim Cornette for the NWA United States Tag Team Championship. Yeah, how many different tag belts is there right now? There's two the World Title. The 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 world world the, and the U.S. Let's say, okay. Same way with the individual belts. There's the world and there's the U.S.
1: No intercontinental.
0: That's in WWF.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll get it. There's a... No, there's a U.R.P. And do they ever... They do a U.S. belt eventually in WWF.
0: Whenever they buy WCW. Oh, no. It's that belt. Is it? Yeah.
1: Okay. Justice for the European title. D'Lo Brown.
0: So the Southern boys come out in Confederate jackets and have the flag on their trunks. But they're the faces in this
1: it was a different time <laughs> all right that's a, that's a, a, an argument that uh we, we don't have to have but you know not something that uh i'd be stoked on seeing in 2020 if somebody came out with that on their
0: gear we're definitely seeing clearly now
1: yeah if it was uh if it was 1990 i bet that um lance archer would be coming out like that too some, some texas boy shit
0: that's true So Midnight Express attack the boys before the bell, sending them both to the floor where the brawl continues. But the boys get the advantage, roll Eaton into the ring, hitting a double-team back body drop, a double-team shoulder block, and then knock Lane off the apron as well. Scoop slam by Beautiful Bobby goes up to the top, but Armstrong press slams him to the mat, followed by a monkey flip, left jabs, and a drop kick. Steve then goes to the top rope for a flying clothesline, that sends Eaton to the floor. Hot start.
1: Hot start. Also, probably not Bob, probably JR lets us know that basically the Southern boys have been like tearing through everybody and like they're uh, up and coming. Like they probably haven't like lost to the team on TV or anything. Like they're,
0: they're hot. They're hot. They're on a hot streak. The boys with double team arm wrenches and chops. Smothers then sends Bobby to the ropes, attempts a power slam. The Eaton just stops and gives a jab to the gut. Beautiful Bobby then goes for a body slam, but Tracy floats over and starts running the ropes, ducking a clothesline, and turning to hit a chop and a savat kick. Cornette's yelling that karate isn't legal, (laughs) and JR says you have to take about 50% of what Corny says with a grain of salt. (laughs) Smothers reverses an Irish whip, hits a back body drop, and another savat kick. Tracy and Sweet Stan match karate styles in the middle of the ring, which was a fun little yeah fun little comedy spot almost, but...
1: Kind of, Stan Lane's a, a, a savat kick guy, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. With Lane finally getting the advantage with multiple kicks, until Smothers catches his foot and delivers multiple chops and kicks to the express. Cornette pulls his team together on the outside to have a mid-match meeting, because they're getting their asses handed to him. I love me a
1: mid-match. The, the mid-match meeting. <laughs>
0: Tracy and Stan, trading, step-toe holds into hammer locks back in the ring until Lane rakes the eyes, tags in Eaton, who immediately gets arm-dragged into an arm lock by Smothers. Bobby with an Irish whip, Tracy leaps over the ropes to the apron, and as Eaton charges in, leaps back over to hit a drop kick. It was great. It's good. Beautiful Bobby then rolls out to the floor, Smothers looks to follow out, but stops on the apron, does a 360 back into the ring before using the ropes to help him dropkick Eaton into the guardrail. This
1: match is pretty bananas, and it's one of those things like like the Southern Boys. It's like, what happened to this tag team? Why are they not... Where did, they did not, this team come yeah, from? Yeah, did they not stick around for long? I imagine they don't, but like, where did these guys go? We know exactly. the name, Tracy Smothers, but... I couldn't give you a breakdown.
0: As Bobby is out on the floor, Lane comes in to hit Tracy from behind. The Express then hit double-team back elbows. Irish Whip smothers to the corner, followed by Lane Irish whipping Eaton to hit a splash. But Tracy moves and rolls under a sweet stand clothesline. Armstrong then comes off the top rope with a flying crossbody on both Expressmen. The boys are both going for covers, but only for two counts. What? What?
1: What is this match?
0: The boys then give a double noggin-knocker to the Express, but they roll out to regroup, and Cornette's yelling at them that they're going to lose the belts. It's not that's,
1: looking, not looking too good right
0: possible, now. possible, yeah. because it's a title match. Eaton goes for a body slam, but Smothers floats over, goes for an O'Connor roll, but Bobby with the blind tag to Lane, and Sweet Stan tosses Tracy to the floor. Lane doing damage on the floor, sending Smothers into the guardrail. Cornette nails him with the racket, Tracy finally makes it to the apron, but Sweet Stan shoves him to send Smothers flying into the guardrail again. I know. So, all all steeled up. Lane rolls Tracy in, hits an inverted atomic drop into a beautiful Bobby backbreaker. A clothesline by Eaton drapes Smothers over the top rope, and Lane leapfrogs Bobby with a crossbody across the back of Tracy. Sweet Stan with some more kicks, a snapmare, but Smothers starts firing back, but Eaton slows him down with a body slam and an Alabama jam.
1: What's the Alabama jam? A top rope leg drop. Oh, okay. It's the Alabama
0: jam. Should have known. I'm sorry. Laying back in, tosses Tracy to the ropes, who comes back with a desperation sunset flip, but only a two count. Swinging neck breaker by beautiful Bobby, throws Smothers to the floor, but then slingshots him back into the ring.
1: Swing, and slingshot, he's like, just pull, around, the, ropes pull the rope, and yeah, and they fly in. I always love that, because it's just, we, as fans of wrestling, you're like, yeah, okay. Like, I understand the logic there, but that one's always like, unless it's a really big guy doing it to a small guy. And even then, it's still just like, goofy. But it's funny when the guys are like, about the same size. Yes. <laughs> That's all I got. That's like, I just wanted to talk about it.
0: Sweet Stan with a butterfly suplex, eating with a right hand to send him out to the floor once again. And Bobby goes for the slingshot again. But Tracy is able to reverse it to send Eaton to the floor.
1: Well, I mean, at least they set it up for... They did it to set up this other fun spot. But it's also extra silly.
0: Only to climb back into the ring to be met with a clothesline from Lane. Smothers is about to have his head slammed into a turnbuckle, but he blocks and reverses it on Stan. But an eye rake allows the Express to go for a double-team back body drop. But Tracy tries for a double sunset flip, and makes his way to his corner for the
1: hot tag. The
0: double sunset. Come on. Armstrong in with right hands to everybody. Double noggin knocker. Flying shoulder block on lane. Eaton breaks up the pin, but then Smothers body slams him. These,
1: these wild-eyed southern boys.
0: Tracy picks up Sweet Stan while Steve goes to the top rope to hit a missile drop kick and goes for the pin, but the ref is admonishing Smothers to get out of the ring. So we only get a two count. Armstrong goes to the top again, but Bobby pushes him off. So Eaton climbs to the top rope himself and the express hit the rocket launcher for the pin. And no, oh, I the shoulders up. I was
1: I, so That's a way to make a match. Where I can, everybody should pop for that. Like, it's like, oh, like oh, yeah, I did. it. I was like, oh, rocket launcher. It's over. And it's like, it was, you can't. Sometimes you got to kick out a finishers. Sometimes matches need to finish without finishers. Sometimes you need your backslide.
0: Cornette and Lane are arguing with the ref, and the boys switch places as Steve rolls to the floor. Beautiful Bobby goes to pick up Smothers, but he reverses it into an inside cradle, but Stan is there at the very last second to break it up. <sighs> it's close. Armstrong back in, nails Lane to send him to the apron. And Eaton tosses Smothers to the ropes, where Sweet Stan hits a kick to the back of the head. Bobby then rolls up Tracy for the pin, and no win. win. The Southern boys couldn't quite get it. Couldn't quite get
1: it. I kind of no. would have liked to see him get it, but like at least the, the heels went on some heel shit. Yes. Yeah, it's like the... the they, that, didn't that... Win.
0: they didn't win completely clean. Yeah. N- and no. that's
1: how heels should win. Yeah, exactly. The, uh... Oh, it's just just good. And I want to know, what's the deal? What happened? Steve Armstrong
0: get like, hit by a car or something? I have no clue. I don't... I mean, yeah, I'm right there with you. I've heard of Tracy Smothers, because I know he does some ECW stuff later in the 90s. Yeah. But I have no clue. I think they do change their name to the Young Pistols at one point, but I've never heard of them either, so...
1: There's something there's something untapped here.
0: Like uh, who knows what happened between yeah. with these two guys.
1: It's wrestling, like there's definitely anything could have happened. Exactly. Uh, as far as I can tell here, it's like oh, well I want to see these guys fight everybody. I like cuz we know that NWA-WCW is like tag killing it on the tag teams.
0: At this point yeah. They got
1: the the greatest tag teams. And I want to see them go against all the tag teams. Yes. I'm gonna see a Doom Steiner's uh, Doom rock and Roll the Steiners Freebirds. Would be great. Yeah, man. Anyway, it's, it's, it's this is this is uh, one of this one is of a, the ones.
0: This is a this has been put on the short list for our next best of episode <laughs> already. yeah. Already, yeah. it may not be there when we get there,
1: but, but uh, at this
0: point, it's on the short list.
1: Yeah, it's. Would you say that this match is better than anything on Capital Combat? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I didn't expect you to pull a, pull a capital combat match off the top of your head, even though you should oh, be able to. pop <laughs> showed up. And pulled and, the rubber doors. I like the rubber door spot.
0: So much smaz at the end of the main event between Luger and Flair. Other than that, don't, uh, no. Was it Mean
1: Mark had a single match? Did
0: Steiners lose the belts to the to Doom. yeah that, that was yeah that was the, probably
1: the best thing that happened on yeah. that show because steiners do well, i don't know it's the best thing to happen on that show but it was
0: maybe the best match
1: i mean it, i was down with steiners losing it to doom that's yeah. if they're gonna lose it to somebody like the bigger bastards what you got against doom steiners can't have it forever
0: gordon soli's then with the free birds and they're wearing quite a bit more makeup than usual Well, uh, it'll play into the show later. Yes. (laughs) Hayes tells us that there's nothing on God's green earth with four wheels that they can't drive. And there's nothing with four legs that they can't ride.
1: So, I mean, they're going to come out on horses? I
0: I was like, huh? What has four legs that you can't ride? Yeah. Like, uh, what's that have to do with the Steiners? I'm like, I know it's a dog... Reference, but I'm like, I guess so. But we're
1: in there, we said, let us know they're gonna ride all night in
0: case you know, yeah. And they came to rock the there's house. There's two things you can do about it nothing and like it. And that's
1: great. That was a good one. They should have got to that before the whole like riding thing, yeah. You know, they could have just said, you know, there's only four, also the four wheels, there's no cars in wrestling. Optimus Prime isn't showing yeah, up. Yeah, LOD rode those motorcycles, bitch, all the
0: way to WWE. It was on two wheels. <laughs> yeah, on two wheels. Yeah, good point. So we're off to our sixth match. We got Z-Man versus Big Van Vader. Bum, bum, bum. Which is his, for some reason they want us
1: to know it's his U.S. debut. But I mean, obviously they've been dealing it in Japan. It's no, it truly is. It is truly his U.S. debut. On television. He's had to have worked. No, what do you mean? He's not is. Japanese? He didn't. He just like, flew to Japan? Did he go through the dojo? No, he
0: has been wrestling in New Japan.
1: Yeah, I know that. He
0: had never wrestled on te- a televised... Television. Yeah, I was like, where did he learn? At all in yeah. America.
1: Which, and I know of his big... Well, I don't know what you would call it. His crazy like mask thing. Yeah. Which we're about to see. And is incredible. But I thought that was only something he ever used in Japan. Because any time I've seen clips of it, it was I always in Japan.
0: I feel like he's probably only going to use it few times here, and then he'll kind of just get not use it anymore. I guess we can talk right about it now, right? Kind of. First off, okay, Big sorry. Van Vader is a Wrestling Observer oh, Newsletter Hall of Famer. Because it's the first time we've seen him. And I want to mention that he actually, making his debut here, he was actually currently the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion at what? this time.
1: Oh, uh. Why did I just? I had I just had his name in my head and I forgot it.
0: He had beaten Chono, I think.
1: Oh no, I just meant like Vader's real name.
0: Oh, Leon. Um, Leon. Leon. Leon White. White. Yes. Yeah. If you don't know who we're talking about, go watch Boy Meets World. Yeah. Or watch the show because if you don't know. Yeah, who, yeah I mean, what, if you, you don't know who, you're, who you who we're talking about. We all know who Vader is. Yeah. But he had just recently had a match that is kind of famous with Stan Hansen where
1: I guess yeah Stan Hansen another guy that's more famous in Japan, Japan than in the, the US
0: where his eyeball got poked and it came out it of like his eye socket or whatever Ugh. and like there if you go out to YouTube you can actually look up Vader Stan Hansen Vader Hansen the eye the eye poke of doom <laughs> his eyeball is literally out of his eye Ugh. socket he puts it back in that's crazy closes his eyelid and then wrestles the rest of the match. Probably not for much longer. Not much longer because I know the still, match goes to a no contest. He doesn't.
1: He doesn't leave the ring. But no,
0: yeah, he he keeps working. Oh my God, even with that, the the video I saw didn't show the entire match. It just showed like the like the eyeball. How gross was it? it? It was pretty gross. <laughs> it was pretty gross. That sounds disgusting. But he now had he had to have a metal plate put in his to keep his eyeball from in coming out. His eye out. socket to keep his eyeball. But he was he didn't yeah. lose vision. No.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know when they like do work on eyes, sometimes they just take it out of your friggin' head.
0: Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Eyeball stuff, gross. But let's talk about this match. All right. As he's coming out, he has this headgear that you were talking about. Yes. Has some horns, spiked shoulder pads.
1: It's kind of like a like a more badass, like, road warrior type of deal. But it's got kind of, like, this weird, like, demon face with almost kind of, like, a aardvark or, like, elephant-type nose
0: thing. I felt like it was almost a demonic yeah. Darth Vader
1: mask. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Mask. It's, it's kind of what it felt like. It's, uh, yeah, it's... JR says that it's a ancient samurai headpiece. <laughs> okay. I don't know it's, about uh that, I mean, I don't know. It's, not, it's not, but it's, like, you know, it's Japanese, so they're, like, you know, putting it over. It's definitely not an ancient samurai headpiece,
0: but he takes it off, sets it on the By any means. on the ramp, yes, and then it starts blowing steam, yes, like out of the horns.
1: It's incredible, and he like basically leans down to like give thanks to it. So that's why I was like, oh, maybe it really is like a like that's the part of the gimmick is, like it's this thing that this otherworldly thing that like helps him makes him like stronger or like gives him luck or power or something silly like that.
0: It's very possible. But it looks so
1: badass that I'm like sure why not. It's a very
0: Japanese type gimmick. It's cool as hell. But this match gets started. Z-Man tries to get the advantage early but Vader just starts pummeling him with right hands. Uh, I will say Vader's
1: not wearing his typical what we know later like the mask mask that's more mankind style. It's kind of more like a typical like Lucha mask with like bigger holes in the eyes and mouth. It's not the uh, like you know, segmented, like I said, kind of mankind, but made out of, like, a backpack strap, the <laughs> one that you're used to. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: Vader starts pummeling him with right hands, forearms. He Irish whips Zink and follows with a splash. Vader, with the clothesline, to send Z-Man to the apron and picks him up by the ears to bring him back into the ring.
1: Yeah, like the the double, double, uh, like, head, neck lift. Yeah. I never always want to call it a choke slam. It's not a choke slam, but, like, the double choke lift I it guess. literally looked like he picked him up by his <laughs> yeah. ears.
0: zinc is tossed to the ropes ducks a clothesline and delivers a drop kick that barely phases vader he goes for a crossbody but vader catches him and picks him up for a military press vader hits a running elbow drop a vertical suplex a clothesline and then the running splash for the pin and, and the win. win
1: and i i mean it's a squash match it is a squash match. But I did like that at least Zink got a drop kick in.
0: But all it did was make Vader look stronger because he just, you know, absorbed it. Yeah. But you can tell that the Z-Man and Flying Brian Pillman tag team, who everyone really liked, Pillman got the match against the old dude and won. Yeah. And Z-Man is a glorified jobber.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like one of those things like, yeah, Pillman versus Vader would have been awesome, but... Pillman wasn't going over, so
0: let's just feed him the Z Man. Yeah. Vader, Vader's not going to lose while he's the IWGP champion. No,
1: no. Not even even though nobody, at this point in t- they, nobody they, in that arena even, knows what the hell that is. Yeah. Unless Meltzer's there. <laughs> like, there's probably not, yeah, there's probably not too many uh, Japanese wrestling fans. Yeah, they definitely uh, do right not
0: mention it on the show. No. I know, because I was like, I was watching, I was like, I know he was champion at one point over there. And then I, like, started to look up dates, and I was like, date, date. He was champion.
1: Yeah, it's like, like Muda was probably something over there at some point. I mean, not, like, maybe not. Not until he got back.
0: Oh, from, okay. From his excursion. Yes. So then Gordon Sully is with all the horsemen, and they say a bunch of horsemen things, basically saying they're going to win, and Flair's going to win. And... Yeah.
1: Vader uh, does take the mask back with him, and it does shoot some more smoke, which is pretty cool. And he like kind of
0: barks at the audience. Just putting over the cool Vader mask, because... It's, cool. it's really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> so the seventh match, we got the fabulous Freebirds of Michael P.S. Hayes mm-hmm. and Jimmy Jam Garvin versus the Steiner Brothers of Rick and Scott. What does the P.S. stand for? Pretty sexual. Is that, is that it? Or pretty sexy, something like that.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Michael pretty sexy Hayes. I don't like the jam in Garvin.
0: Just Jimmy Garvin.
1: The jam, I don't know.
0: Well, I used to be jumping Jimmy Garvin, which... Okay. It's not made more sense, but yeah, who knows? I
1: don't know. I just didn't really jam.
0: What's jam mean? As we mentioned earlier, the Freebirds have very glittery everything. Yeah, well, they're also wearing like uh
1: basically like overalls. Yes, it's kind of, but they're like not as high, they're basically like to their waist they're and then straps. like waiters. yeah, it's like um, suspenders. Yes, it's basically matching suspenders, but I think it's all one piece. Anyway, it looks kind of cool. And they got like a bunch of makeup on, and uh, we'll they're,
0: find out they're, gonna, this, they're gonna get it. <laughs> we'll find out some more about that here in a minute. Yeah. So the Freebirds attack early, knocking Rick to the floor. Oh, Hayes, we don't we don't get we don't get we don't get Chance off the top. No, he's okay, not off the top. Right. Hayes hitting a side slam, a rubber band slam by Garvin, a double team clothesline all on Scott. Jimmy's going for the DDT, but Scott back body drops out of it. P.S. then tries for the DDT but Steiner just throws him off and rolls out to the floor.
1: Yep, yeah, I love when people avoid the DDT by just, like, running away. Like, they know that it's going to be the end if they don't, and they just basically bounce.
0: Rick is finally back in to give a Steiner line to both Freebirds, which forces them to the floor to regroup, but Scott hits a double clothesline to take them down. Garvin's taunting the crowd, and the crowd is returning it with a very inappropriate chant, <laughs> which we won't repeat here because it's 2020, and I was actually shocked it ha- yeah, I was that too. it wasn't edited out.
1: It happens a everybody. lot. I mean, it's the it's the F word that we don't say. Exactly. That's <laughs> the easiest way to put it. But the crowd is having a blast. And it's not just a isolated incident.
0: No, they, <laughs> they have quite a few chance that... Yeah. But hey, Michael, mm-hmm. did you know that Rick Steiner wanted to be a kindergarten teacher?
1: No, but JR told me that both of these educated men were going to be educators at some point. Would
0: well, you, yeah, want, they, Scott Steiner, you want Scott Steiner? Do you want Scott Steiner teaching your children math? I don't want Scott Steiner teaching anywhere near my children. Do
1: you think he does the books at all the Shonies he owns? Probably. Not. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, man, Jr. and his college stuff, which he does his whole career. But
0: yeah, he's still doing it to this day.
1: Yeah, the man's obsession with college. Like he did go to. school. OU, right, and graduate.
0: I've absolutely was something. No clue. Like
1: if he didn't go to college, I might I'm gonna lose respect for the man because of how much he knows about everybody's college career.
0: Should we pause and look this up? Yeah,
1: I think we should. I don't even we should pause. We should just do this just on air. Just do this on air?
0: Yeah. Even though most of it'll get edited out. Probably, why not?
1: Jim if, Ross. If he didn't go to OU, then I might just be done with Jim Ross. As much as like, you know, done with Jim Ross at this point in twenty
0: twenty. He was born in Fort Bragg, California,
1: oh. attended
0: a high school there. His maternal grandparents owned a general store in Westville, Oklahoma. Okay. And his paternal grandfather owned an off-sale beer store and was a carpenter. He was a president of the student body of four-year Letterman in Basketball and state vice president of the Future Farmers of America whenever he was state speech champion in 1968. But when did he move to Oklahoma? He was also an honorable mention on the 1969 high school All-State football team by the Tulsa World as a center, and he grew up cheering for the Oklahoma Sooners. It says he did spend some time in college. But we don't know where. But it does not say
1: where. Boo, Jim Ross was canceled. When did he move to Oklahoma? He was born in California. That's like when I found out that Cretans Clearwater was from San Francisco. And I was like, what? This is garbage. (laughs) Like, I can't believe this. I feel lied to. I mean, I know Jim Ross lives here now. Yes, he does. You, you saw him win the Wild recently.
0: That's true, I did.
1: Also, I think uh, you think anybody knows that much about other people's schooling. It's just a weird obsession. I get the football parts of it, for sure. But it's like, yeah. I think it's just something that he was like, oh, this is something that I can use to pad out matches and stuff. So he just he had the information. Something
0: to talk about. And why not that?
1: At least he knows the names of the moves can't say that about like Vince McMahon or like Tony or something I mean more than some guys more than like Tony Giovanni or uh, Vince McMahon Mm. come on he knows he he, Mm. lariat pile driver clothesline clothesline he doesn't say lariat it's a clothesline suplex
0: suplex he's not he's not he's
1: not the worst when it comes to knowing the moves for not anywhere near the worst
0: Rick then reverses an Irish whip before hitting a back body drop on Jimmy and another Steiner line. Dog face Scribbling on all fours, backs Hayes into the corner, and then bites his ass. So funny.
1: And they were calling P.S. the F word? Yes. That was just a thought that I had. I was like, he bit his ass. I mean, I guess it's funny, but, you know. Scott's running the, the ropes,
0: leapfrogs, and hip-tosses Garvin. Hip-tosses P.S., drop-kicks Jimmy, drop-kicks Hayes to send both Freebirds out of the ring. P.S. with a cheap shot and begins to chop away on Scott before slamming his head into the turnbuckle. Tosses Steiner to the ropes, but ducks his head, allowing Scott to hit a double underhook sit-out powerbomb, a.k.a. the Tiger, Tiger. Driver. The, uh, yeah,
1: like, were they, did they go work in Japan? I know they eventually work in Japan. They eventually do. Uh, or they do that? Yeah. Like this is we haven't seen hadn't seen anything like that, have we?
0: It's the first tiger driver that's we've seen. It's the first seen. tiger driver we've seen. It looks incredible, of course. Garvin into attack goes for an Irish whip that is reversed by Scott who picks up Jimmy Jam for a tilt a whirl slam. Michael is a bitch chance Hey, starting. Now.
1: That's not nice. That's me. You're not a bitch. <laughs> oh, thanks. I mean they I do love that PS is just so great at playing to the crowd and being he's like more more interested half the time in being called the F word, being called a bitch. Freebird's suck chance that it's like, oh, I mean, like technically, he's great. If you're technically heel. It. You should be good at that.
0: Then he's if very you're getting good. those chance, then
1: you got to you got to eat him up. You're technically
0: doing your job. Oh yeah,
1: no, like and but I just I love the extent in which he owns it cuz not a lot of other guys own it like that at
0: this point. Rick's running the ropes, Hayes with the leapfrog, and goes for a second one, but Steiner catches him for a power slam. Garvin then comes flying in from the corner to be given a power slam as well. P.S. tosses Rick to the ropes where Garvin gets a knee into his back and Hayes with a left jab that sends Steiner over to the floor where Jimmy hits multiple clotheslines and the Freebirds with a double-team vertical suplex. Rolled back into the ring, Hayes hits a body slam and a bulldog for a two-count on Rick and Garvin begins to work a front face lock to wear Rick down. JR says the makeup by the Freebirds would be popular in San Francisco. (laughs) Jesus. If you haven't caught on to what the F word is. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's Fran, San Francisco. The dog-faced gremlin escapes, lifts Jimmy up for a body slam, but Garvin reverses into a slam of his own. After some more face lock work by Jimmy Jam, hits a body slam, goes to the top rope, but Rick catches him with a shot to the gut. Steiner then goes to the second rope for a flying bulldog and crawls to his corner for the hot Hot tag. tag. Scott in, hits a power slam, then press slams PS onto Garvin. Stereo Steiner lines on the free birds. Frankensteiner! (sighs) We love a Frankensteiner. On Hayes, but Jimmy comes in to hit a DDT on Scott and goes for the cover. But the ref realizes that Garvin is not the legal man this is the smartest ref in the world
1: you know what's crazy we've seen we always we regularly see like on um, pay-per-view matches or what you would call like a marquee or attraction match multiple refs there's n- I've never seen a tag match with two refs in my life because then how can you do a tag match you can't do a tag match you with can't. two refs I mean you could but then it would, wouldn't be the tag match like we all know it to be it's true and it's just well, I'm like why is there like why has that never been a thing then they'd, it'd have to be but like I just thought it was, it's like, yeah. Why would you need two matches? And in... you get what I'm what I'm saying. I
0: mean, you just... got to be able to cheat. Yeah. Rick then picks PS up for an overhead belly to belly suplex, and Scott makes the cover for the pin, and the win.
1: There's a, I think it was JR said something about Harvey Firestone in this match, and I wrote his name down. I just looked it up, and he's the founder of Firestone tires. So I don't, who knows what JR was talking about.
0: Probably something to do with Michigan, because that's where the Steiners are oh, from. Oh, gosh, yeah.
1: They're burning rubber. Sure. Like, like Harvey Firestone. I mean, I, I'm just I don't, making I it don't up. Re- I
0: don't remember what he said. I don't know. So. I just I was like, who the hell is Harvey Firestone? But that's the only connection I can make between the two. Yeah, why not? We go straight to the, our eighth match. Well, it was, yeah, it was good. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was great. Good great <laughs> yeah. match. The four horsemen of the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Sid Vicious, and Barry Wyndham. Versus the Dudes with Attitude of El Gigante, Junkyard Dog, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. The G is an H.
1: Eligante. I don't want to be that guy. I just was that guy. You were that guy. If JR can do it, you can do it, man.
0: So last time <laughs> we think. saw Sid Russell was at Clash of the Champions 9 as part of the Skyscrapers. That was episode 35.
1: Wow. It's been that long since we've seen him?
0: Yeah. What has he been doing? He was hurt. Oh, okay. Junkyard Dog since Clash of the Champions 6, which was episode 29. Barry Windham since Shy town Rumble. We saw Junkyard Dog. We saw these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they haven't wrestled, wrestled. Yeah, I know. Just giving you shit. Which was episode 27. Yeah. And Orndorff since Survivor Series 1987.
1: Yeah, like three years for Orndorff? Yeah. Who was like, you know,
0: he's... Paul Orndorff. He was main eventing in, like, 86, and now we haven't seen him in three years. And that was episode 13. An oldie. But probably a goodie? I mean,
1: it was a Survivor Series.
0: We I mean, probably was, had a good
1: time. I'm sure we were great.
0: He was great when he was main eventing with Hogan at the big event. That was one of the better Hogan matches that we saw.
1: Yeah, no, I was just mostly throwing shade to Survivor Series.
0: That's true. We love doing that. So he's so mr wonderful is shoved by vicious tossed to the ropes but comes back with a sunset flip but sid stays up and picks him up by the throat before slamming him to the mat vicious attempts a running leg drop but orndorff moves and follows with a drop kick to send sid to the floor hits a hip toss and knee lift on arn and then a hip toss and knee lift on windham vicious is back in so mr wonderful goes for the hip toss on him sid blocks reverses but then Orndorff blocks and reverses into a backslide pin attempt, but can't quite get him over until J.Y.D. comes in to give Vicious a headbutt.
1: I raise my hands in the air because that's a fun spot.
0: <laughs> Double A gets Mr. Wonderful into the horseman corner, but Orndorff begins fighting them all off. And then all six men climb into the ring, but the horsemen clear it when Gigante
1: oh, going hard G comes close. <laughs> Which is all he really can do. That's true. He's really good at standing and being insanely tall. Like, yeah. what is his build height? 7'7", seven, seven, I think it's... Which is th- how much taller than, like... Is that like... Most s- people? Oh, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, you know, that's a, over a foot taller think than most I Vicious people. is 6'10". But how tall is
0: Andre? I think he was 7'1". Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, this guy. And what's
1: what's crazy is this guy looks so much taller because he's really thin. Whereas <laughs> it's like Andre's a, you know, Andre in it, around this time uh, or even the last handful of years is not young Andre. No, he's he's a big boy. Does, did Eli have the same uh, like disease?
0: No, he just had.
1: He was just a fucking giant.
0: Just a fucking giant. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Mr. Wonderful drags Anderson out of the Horseman meeting on the floor, back into the ring. For JYD to hit a shot to the gut, a headbutt, some doggy-style headbutts, and then ping-pong punch by the dudes with Attitude.
1: Love a ping-pong punch. Love a doggy-style
0: headbutt. Wyndham's throwing right hands, but the dog is no-selling everything. And we get more doggy-style headbutts, sending him into the dude's corner, but Barry runs away when he sees El Gigante. (sighs) What did I do? Created a monster. Barry finally gets some offense on JYD with a DDT, but he no-sells that as well. And Wyndham attempts a slam, but is blocked and reversed into a vertical suplex by the dog. Orndorff in with fists for all the horsemen. Double knock and knocker on Wyndham and Vicious. Clothesline on double A. Goes for a pile driver, but Barry comes off the top rope with a double axe handle to save Anderson.
1: Which I thought I was like, that could just be, you know, a way to drop the pile driver quicker. It's like, ah... <laughs> it's like I could see that being like you know if there was like a tag team of like dummies and like you know they were just kind of like big strong idiots like one of them like axe handles the other guy to like attempt in the pile driver be like a bushwhackers type thing if they could work yeah. <laughs> like it would be like oh that's kind of funny
0: Sid with the power slam on Mr. Wonderful picks him up and sets him in the horseman corner Barry hits a vertical suplex Anderson with an elbow to the neck. Orndor finally hits a forearm on Wyndham and makes it to the corner for the
1: hot, hot tag. tag. It's hard to get excited about a hot tag in this match, Matt. And it's JYD.
0: I know. It's still hard. I already got my headbutts. I got like eight headbutts. The dog's in with right hands, a double noggin knocker to Arn and Barry, but Vicious comes from behind with a forearm across the back. Boo. The horseman then tossed JYD over the top rope to the rampway, and the ref calls for the bell... And the DQ. It was the DQ because they double teamed him? Because so it wasn't a count out. Because they threw him over the top rope.
1: Dude, but... they Do they say that in the commentary? Yes, they do. But there's so many times where I'm so tired of this top rope. I take notes on the top rope and then I forget about it. Because like sometimes they're like, Oh, the breath must have not seen the top rope. We're like, "Oh, the top rope doesn't count in this match. Who's so hard up about the top rope? It's just another way for them to finish a match. I know, but like... To garner heat, I know, but it's just the weakest way because it's like such a thing you don't think about, and then and when then it's when a it deep, happens, yeah, because they forget they you're like, it, oh, yeah, it doesn't I'm happen sorry. all the time like it people go over the top rope all the time, but like it says it rarely is that the reason.
0: It's only the second time in our forty.
1: Really? Six. I figured it was like maybe it happened on a bunch of early shows, but in those shows the commentary was useless, and the matches always. Ended and we had we had most of those shows we were trying to figure out the finish between me and you. Like, wait, what happened? Yeah, exactly. It's good to be for co- you. Yeah, yeah, we've come a long way, for sure. But this is still hard for me to stand by.
0: Post-match, El Gigante Ugh. begins clearing house, does throwing all the horsemen to the floor. Push, or does he just walk in and they walk out? Yeah, basically. Does he touch any of them? Um, I think he, like, maybe shoved them. Yeah, sure. Gordon Solis then on the stage area with Lex Luger, and again another promo of "I'm gonna win." Yeah, I will say like my my favorite
1: thing about that last match is Arn Anderson selling. He does those like big cartoon eyes, whipped into the buckle and falls or whatever. You know, some
0: fun did some fun face acting. That was probably the best thing about that match. Yeah, that's not like. And we're on to our ninth match. We got Mean Mark, with with Paul E. Dangerously, versus Lex Luger. Yeah, they dropped the callus. They dropped it. I think only the first match did he have callus. But it's like what
1: a third time we've seen.
0: Him? Yeah. Versus Lex Luger for the NWA United States Championship. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, good good old Mean Mark. Moving on up. So the two men are back and forth with arm wrenches, hammer locks, until Mark catches him with some punches me mark with an irish whip charges in but lex moves so mark hits his head on the turnbuckle lugers running the ropes ducks multiple clotheslines hits a crossbody and an arm drag into an arm lock paulie makes a phone call to Mari povich <laughs> yeah sure why not even jr doesn't know who he's talking to so how are we
1: yeah i do like that uh, jr makes fun of Polly's hair and I thought it was really funny since Paulie still has yet to give up the dream, on the hair front. He's still like, like That's why he wears the hat, man. But like, man, he, if he's making fun of it, then like, now, it looks like the man is like sick, sickly. He just should have shaved his head a long time ago, or get a toupee, or something. Some plugs.
0: Be bald and proud, man. Be yeah. Proud. Well, how
1: much money do you think Paul Heyman
0: has? Um, more than I know. Yeah, well, more than me, I'm sure. Definitely. Yeah. Lexus tosses to the ropes. Mean Mark with a leapfrog. Luger ducks a clothesline but gets a right hand and a big boot. Mark continues the attack with thrusts, chokes, punches to the shoulder. A Fujiwara armbar. Yeah. Goes to the top rope to hit. Old school.
1: Lex- does he walk or does he? He gets like a step, right? Step in, two steps.
0: Yeah, he like yeah. goes halfway across the ropes. It's, yeah,
1: it's cool. It's one of those things that you don't. Some think... people do it and it's cool, and sometimes people do it and it's not that cool. It's like the, if you only do it for a couple steps, it's neat. If the guy is big, but if you're like walking
0: all the way around the ring, I and you're a light I don't guy, like it when old school, I can handle. Yeah, you walk from turnbuckle to turnbuckle, through. it's too much. Yeah, that, talking to you, Lance Archer.
1: We love Lance Archer, though. I'm. Other, I other than that move. I have more of an issue with like. Well, Phantasmo At least when he does it, he's a heel. And I don't know what Lance Archer is, if he's a heel or not. He kind of both. He's kind of a he's kind of a tween.
0: I mean, everybody dies. I guess that's technically a heel thing to say.
1: Yeah, but he's so cool.
0: He got he got cool.
1: It's pretty amazing that like somebody could have that kind of like year at the age of like 44 or something. Yeah. when mean, like. Back in this point in times, some of these guys are like 44, and they are the old guy.
0: Yeah. Lex begins to fight back with right hands, goes for a clothesline, but mean Mark ducks, sending Luger flying over the ropes to the floor. Wait. He flew over the ropes. To the floor. They didn't want that to be the
1: finish. No shit. Lex, I don't, I don't want it to be the finish either, but I'm... I mean, I guess at least the other match finally fucking ended, but Jesus. It's probably one of those things, they're like, they probably have that just when, like, nobody will do the job. And they're like, okay, we'll just do the thing. Exactly. It's fucking stupid. They could have count, did a count out. But I guess then if a count out, somebody has to, like, be real hurt. And how are you, you know, because they're not going to get up.
0: Lex climbs back to the apron. Mark hits a knee, sending back to the floor, and then follows out to continue by slamming Luger's head into the wooden stairs and the announce table. I
1: know, that's kind of nasty.
0: Back to the apron, mean Mark hits a headbutt, drags Lex back in, and tosses him to the ropes but Luger hits a sunset flip on his way back for a two count. Lex is Irish whip to the corner, but moves out of the way of a charging mark, and the two men start trading blows. Luger reverses an Irish whip, but ducks his head, allowing Mean Mark to hit a forearm across the back. Mark hits a vertical suplex, but Lex no-sells it, hits multiple clotheslines, and picks him up into the torture rack, but the ref is knocked out by the boot of Mean Mark. So Paul E. jumps in the ring and hits Luger with a Zach Morris-style phone, goes to wake up the ref, and Mark makes the cover, and the ref starts the count for the pin, but Lex nah. gets his shoulder up.
1: He's got him pinned for a little while, too, right?
0: Yeah. Me and Mark with punches, a short arm clothesline, goes for the heart punch, but Lex kicks him away, that nails Paul E., who had jumped up on the apron, hits a clothesline on Mark for the pin... And the win.
1: The hard punch. Heart. I know. The hard. I always, it's, it's still stupid. The hard
0: punch. Gordon Sully spent a few moments with Sting earlier in the day. We see that video package. And basically the same thing as all as everything else. Sting thinks that
1: he's going to win, right?
0: I, he does think he's going to win, yes. Uh-huh. But, he, uh, he, but he does put over Flair as a great champion. He does. And that he's a 100%. Yes,
1: his knee is back. back. And he says if he loses, there's no excuse. Same for Ric Flair. Something along the lines. Fighting champion here.
0: Yeah. So we're off to our 10th match. We got the Rock and Roll Express of Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Oh, yes. Versus Doom of Ron Simmons and Butch Reed with Teddy Long for the NWA World Tag Team Championship. So, Michael. Yeah? Did you know that Doom used to play
1: football? Did you know that Ron Simmons is Burt Reynolds' favorite athlete, wrestler, football player? All of the above. Drinking buddy? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that was. For, I think that's from the last show. But he still.
0: No, he said it on this show oh, too. Okay,
1: yeah, I believe you. All right, I'm sure that he will every time Ron Simmons enters the ring. For quite a while, maybe he even does when he's an acolyte. An APA. Name. Maybe
0: that's maybe that's what got Ron Simmons to start saying Damn
1: <laughs> Damn Damn JR Give it up. <laughs> I haven't talked to Burton in a decade.
0: <laughs> Simmons gives Gibson the opportunity to just leave the ring, but the express turn him down. And that starts off Robert running the ropes, he ducks a clothesline, turns to give right hands, and goes for an Irish whip of his own. But Ron reverses and charges in. But Gibson moves this time and attempts an inside cradle for a near fall. Reed, with a big clubbing forearms across the shoulders of Robert, tosses him to the ropes and goes for a body slam. But Gibson floats over, hitting a scoop slam and an elbow to the head. Now Butch is running the ropes and hits multiple shoulder tackles on Morton. Ricky makes the blind tag as he's tossed to the ropes. The Express with a double-team shoulder tackle on Reed to send him to the floor and then hit a double-team vertical suplex on Simmons. They then slingshot Butch back into the ring, but then Reed just throws Gibson to the mat and begins to give jumping boots to him. Doom with a double back elbow, Ron with a body slam, leg drop, slams Robert's head into Butch's boot. Gibson's thrown to the floor by Simmons as the ref is admonishing Morton to get out of the ring. Roberts makes his way back to the apron and but comes back into the ring with a sunset flip that gets Reed over for a near fall. Butch tosses Gibson to the ropes, ducks his head, allowing Robert to hit a knee lift and make it to the corner for a tag. Morton's in with a sleeper on Butch, sees Simmons coming in so he hits him with the right hand, goes for an Irish whip that is reversed by Reed, and then Butch tries for a body slam, but Ricky floats over and attempts an O'Connor roll Ron hits a clothesline to the back of the head to knock him down.
1: The float over—it's the key for the smaller tag team against the real big tag team.
0: And they're also going for multiple—you know—they're you know, trying to do multiple pins to try and end the match because they know. that yeah, the, the longer the, they go, the, the yeah. Power these, these, guys, gonna... these guys,
1: these guys, like shit—they're way bigger than them. Like Doom is huge. They're also Jr. Uh, early on lets us know this is the first black tag team with the world title. That's true. Also, uh, there's a pretty incredible uh, busted heads,
0: like Doom t-shirt in the crowd, and I was like, damn, that's cool. Doom starts dominating with elbow drops, rabbit punches, quick tags, Irish whips to the corner, but Simmons charges into a boot. Morton's firing back with right hands, Irish whips Reed to the corner, where he charges into a knee by Butch. Reed on the second rope to hit an elbow drop, and then locks on a chin lock to wear Ricky down even more. Morton reverses into a backslide penitent, attempt, but can't get him over until Gibson runs in with a right hand to Butch, and the ref is distracted by getting Simmons out of the ring. So we only get a two count.
1: Mm, that's the fun stuff. I love assisted roll ups, assisted sunsets, assisted yeah. And then like that was the nice, clean, crispy fun that you
0: want in a tag match. Reed hits a knee. Ron with a body slam catapults Morton into the bottom rope, and goes for the cover but Ricky gets his foot on the ropes. Simmons then tries for a vertical suplex, but Morton reverses into an inside cradle for a near fall. Ron with a standing power slam, Reed with a second rope, double axe handle, falling fist, reapplies the chin lock, and Simmons and Long grab Butch's boot to help apply some leverage. But Gibson comes in to break up the hold. While the ref is getting Robert back to his corner, Butch tosses Ricky to the floor, where Teddy Long and Ron continue the attack before rolling him back in. Reed then tosses Morton to the ropes, but ducks his head, allowing an elbow to the neck. Simmons comes in with a body slam, tosses Ricky to the ropes, and ducks his head as well, allowing himself to be kicked. Butch then, with a power slam, goes for a running splash, but Morton gets his knees up and crawls to the corner for the hot Hot tag. tag. Gibson in with right hands, shot to the gut, Face plan on Simmons, a right hand to Reed on the apron, drop kick to Ron, another right hand to Butch to knock him down. But Simmons comes from behind to hit him and tosses Robert to the ropes. But Gibson slides under him for a sunrise pin attempt. But Reed breaks up the pin. What's the sunrise pin? The sunset's over. Oh, uh, yeah. is the one. Yeah, I gotcha. I don't know. I just came up with this. That's
1: cool. I like it. That's why I was curious. I was like, I haven't heard this before.
0: Morton's back in the fight as all four men are in the ring brawling. Even Teddy Long is on the apron. Gibson hits an insiguri on Butch, who goes straight into Teddy, knocking him into the ring. Robert then picks Teddy up and throws a roundhouse right while Reed climbs to the top rope, coming off with a flying shoulder tackle for the pin and the win.
1: So, like, yeah, weird, kind of a weird finish. Yes. But kind of cool. It's like, oh, you, it's kind of weird. Like, who's the...
0: Gibson's distracted by Teddy being in the ring, which allows... Yeah, yeah, but it's just like,
1: but he threw him in the, but his tag partner threw Teddy in the ring. No, Teddy,
0: Teddy got knocked into Into the the ring.
1: ring. Oh, from the...
0: When he, when he, when Butch got hit with an instant gurry. Oh, okay, okay. Like it hitting, and yeah, okay, So he like okay. kind of teeter tottered into the ropes and into the ring. It was, it was a weird way to get him into the ring. I agree. Mm-hmm. I had
1: a weird thing with this match where because I think that uh, JR says something about like ten minutes left in the match, and normally they don't tell you unless yeah, like something told happens. Us, told so I was like, private. I was like, I was like, weird. Like, is this gonna go to time? This is a weird match to go to time.
0: Yeah, uh, it would it would have? I mean,
1: I could see like a Steiner's Doom rematch going to time. But this doesn't need to do that. Like I assume oh, Doom was, you know, keep it keeping the titles. I was hoping Doom was going to keep the titles.
0: So Gordon Solis with Ric Flair earlier in the day in a video package.
1: And this is kind of neat because like it's in the in the ring but in the empty venue. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, that's a cool, just a cool like change of pace. It's like some production value for like a WCW or NWO show, NWA show. Like you know you get. The production value we're getting in WWF at this point in time is pretty incredible. You know, pre-tape interviews and stuff like yeah. that. And there's not a whole lot of this here. Or, like, pre-tape interviews used as if they are live and, like, melding with the live show, like, pretty well.
0: Very much so.
1: Yeah, and, like, here, like, this is kind they're of like... They actually
0: this... are just doing live promos. <laughs> yeah. and, and That's th- why you get kind of shitty promos. Yeah,
1: yeah. and they're not, you know, in... In the back, like in a brightly colored like set or whatever, yeah. and yeah, it's just it's a, it was like oh well here's a fun thing they did they did a like something that's kind of fun and
0: and I don't know if you know this but Ric Flair predicted he was going to win the match.
1: Mm. I mean, if you're not betting on
0: yourself, who are you betting on? Yeah.
1: And you're cheating. Then you're taking falls.
0: And then Jr. and Bob Cottle preview the main event. They let us know that the dudes with attitude will be around ringside to keep the horsemen from interfering. A dude's attitude.
1: Terrible name.
0: Well, that's probably why they got rid of the dynamic dudes. They were like, we need to keep, keep this dude's, dudes name. Yeah. It's the cool thing in the 90s.
1: To be a dude. To be a dude. The junkyard dude. That's his, that's uh, if he lived. If, he sh- he
0: should have come back as the junkyard dude If sh- the junkyard dog. <laughs> like, he comes out,
1: junkyard dog comes out with a surfboard. surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I don't know, bowling balls. (laughs) Yeah. He's got like a a bleach blonde like mohawk
0: job. Hawaiian shirt. Uh Uh-huh. And then Ole Anderson will be handcuffed to El Gigante. I do like
1: Ole Anderson's kind of like silly, like I don't know, like Polish crime boss look, where it's like he's like he's kind of it's like he's like
0: he's wearing dress pants with suspenders suspenders and and like a black shirt and a black shirt and it's like
1: it's like yeah, he kind of like people put on like half of the dress up thing, but he doesn't look like a mob boss or anything like that. So it's like I guess like a Polish gangster because like I don't know if there is a thing a Polish gangster, but he doesn't look slick enough or like you know or like mean enough to be like a. Uh, like russian or uh italian mobster it's like oh, i guess he's a, a polish mobster he's halfway there i can say that i'm polish i think at least mostly half maybe quarter i don't know
0: <laughs> i'm definitely white it's time for our 11th match our main event yes sir sting versus rick flair for the nwa world Heavyweight weight. championship. I, always,
1: I never know if you're going to say championship or title. It's a title in WWF, right? Here it's championship. No, that's always I always say championship. championship. You should. It's, good. it's It sounds better.
0: It does sound better. So, Sting gets some falling pyro at the stage. Yeah,
1: it's really cool because it's like a, like all the way across, like all raining and like falling off. The spark's jumping off the floor. He's floors. wearing
0: an American flag jacket. Oh,
1: we've all seen this before. His face painted. Or like American with flag. Stars over the yeah. eyes. yeah. Looks pretty cool. Like, yeah, this is an iconic Sting look. This Is this, like, one of the more iconic, st- the, maybe the most iconic Sting look that's not, uh, crow like, sting. Crow Sting? Um, like, I imagine that, like, this is probably the coolest Sting action figure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it looks pretty great. He's looking very nice.
0: Ole's yelling at everybody on the stage when El Gigante comes out to get handcuffed. As soon as the giant pulls on the chain, Anderson just shuts his mouth and looks scared. Gigante walks him back to a pair of chairs that it's halfway down the ramp.
1: It's really funny because like there's three folding chairs, and Gigante sits in like the middle one, but he's huge, so like all Anderson's like hanging off like one ass cheek on one ass
0: cheek. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, it's like it's just weird that they're like, okay, well, not a cage match, so. Well, Kate's like, match
0: didn't really seem to work for.
1: Well, that's why he. That's why Ole is in the on in the handcuffs. But yeah, no, exactly. like the yeah, and then like of course we know that Flair is always going to do his Flair stuff. So like, but what's a lumberjack match? It's just guys around the ring. But they hit you when you fall out. Right? Yeah, if you yeah. Fall, if
0: you go out of the ring, then the instead, yeah, yeah, to, these
1: guys just can do just stuff to you, basically. Yeah, and, and here they would roll you back in or whatever.
0: So the match gets going. The two men keep locking up but Sting continues to overpower Flair. Nature Boy starts chopping away, but the Stinger no-sells at all, an Irish whip snatch, before picking him up for a military press. Early press. Flair tries to roll out, but the Steiners are there to keep him in the ring. It's like the one time in this entire match that the people on the outside were kind of like, eh, he should probably stay in the ring.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a pretty good uh, like kid with a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt on his dad's
0: shoulders uh, at the beginning of this show it's a pretty good pretty uh pretty cute little sighting sting hits a hip toss a drop kick rolls out to the ramp but the stinger follows and hits a hip toss and a clothesline to send the nature boy back into the ring flare with an eye poke a snapmare running knee drop to gain control hits a stalling vertical suplex mm. but sting no sells it hits multiple clotheslines and goes to the top rope
1: there's something about a
0: stalling Stalling suplex.
1: Stalling suplexes are so good. It has to hurt more. It just has to.
0: Comes off that top rope with a crossbody for a near fall. Nat starts going after the knee of Sting, Irish whip, but the stinger comes back with a clothesline and attempts a jumping elbow drop, but the nature boy moves and looks to lock on the figure four, but Sting kicks him off. It's too early. You've got to work on that knee some more, bro. Yeah,
1: man. I mean, you know, I get it. It's, it's Sting. You want to you get it early,
0: but... Test of strength, the stinger gets the best of, but the dirtiest player in the game, with a cheap shot, tosses Sting out to the ramp, where the attack continues before tossing him back into the ring. More work on the knee chops, until the Sting starts firing back with a hip toss, and goes for a drop kick, but Flair moves out of the way. Nature Boy drapes the leg across the ropes, delivering his full weight across the knee.
1: Those Nature Boy, we all know the Nature Boy spots leg drape spot just like the nature boy like big running like knees onto the mat i do love that these dynamic dudes on the outside prove
0: they're not dynamic they're, Sorry. they have
1: attitude the dudes with attitudes they prove how stupid the lex thing was it's like this is working better <laughs> and then like i did that lex cage match i'm still
0: so upset about the lex yeah, cage i am just like ugh the dudes start pounding the map to get the crowd into it. Because this is basically a cage match without
1: being cage match. Invisible cage match is yeah. kind of what it's trying to be. Because are like, well, we can't do that.
0: Because we already did this other thing. We did it just last month. Yeah. We can do it again. Natch drapes the leg again, but this time Sting moves his leg, but Flair comes right back with a snapmare. Goes for the running knee drop, but the Stinger moves again and then locks on the figure for himself but the Nature Boy makes it to the ropes to break the hold.
1: Did you pop for the Sting figure
0: for I did. I did too. Flair Popped rolls to the it. outside, drags Sting out as well, and runs him into the guardrail, but the Stinger no-sells. You would think this is where the dudes, the dudes, dudes would yeah, I know help, but the Steiners just kind of like move out of the way. Yeah, they like break him up and roll them both back in. Back in the ring, it's Fist City by Sting, but Natch with a kick to the gut to catch Stinger. Goes to the top rope, but Stinger with a press slam to take him to the mat. After another shot to the gut, tosses Sting to the ropes and goes for a hip toss, but the Stinger blocks and reverses into a backslide for a two count. Sting thought the count was slow, which opens an opportunity for Flair to regain advantage with a kick to the leg. We all know. Arguing with a rep. Never going to work. Natch just continues to focus on that leg and attempts the figure four again, but again is kicked off. Nature Boy with a slap to the face, more chops, but Sting starts no selling. Tosses Flare to the ropes, lifts him up into another military press, hits a clothesline, mounted punches in the corner. Irish Whip for a flare flip to the apron, but the Stinger catches him with a clothesline <sighs> before he can make it to the next corner.
1: I love this spot because we know what's going to happen. Flare does the flare flip over the turnbuckle, right runs to the, the corner. The- Jumps up, yeah. comes off with a crossbody. Yeah, but he runs to the corner and Sting is like, oh. I love that move. We went 45 minutes before I got hurt. That's right. Like, come on. It's like, I know what's up. And he sees it happen and just runs and clotheslines him while he runs across the apron. Great. It's good.
0: Vertical suplex to bring Flair back into the ring. An Irish whip. A stinger splash. And locks on the Scorpion Deathlock. Scorpion Deathlock. The horsemen come running down the rampway, but the dudes meet them to keep them from the ring. Back in the ring, Flair's making it to the ropes to break the Scorpion Deathlock. Nature Boy with a shoulder block from the apron leaps in to make the cover with his feet on the ropes. But Scott Steiner comes running by on the outside to yank Flair off of Sting. It's good. The stinger with we not...
1: See did we see that in a match earlier tonight? See what? A tag team match where they
0: also did the pull the the leg? No. Alright. The Stinger with a small package for a two count. Natch with a side headlock takedown that is reversed into a head scissors. That's reversed into a jackknife pin. But Sting bridges out, reversing into a backslide pin for a near fall.
1: Hot, hot
0: shit. Chops, but Stinger no-sells. Irish Whips flare to the corner. Follows in with a knee, but the nature boy moves. Natch goes for the figure four. But Sting with the inside cradle for the pin. And,
1: and the win.
0: And new Post-match, the dudes pick Sting up on their shoulders. Oh, uh, everybody is pumped. Everybody's celebrating in the ring. Sting makes his way up the ramp. Oh, to the yeah. Stage oh, yeah. When a sign comes down that has the Stinger's face on it with Pyro yeah, going it's like, off on it's,
1: it. It's crazy. It's like It almost feels like... It would be a thing, like if they were gonna create like a new character, and this is like how the Undertaker shows up at the end, where like Sting's face comes down, and it's an awesome thing, but then it like catches fire. <laughs> but it, but it's just like obviously that's not what happens. But I had that thought because like it's the pyros going off on yeah. it or
0: whatever. And Sting even sees it and he's like, "Oh, I
1: did that. <laughs> oh Yeah, yeah, cool, oh, cool. I guess I I guess I am as cool as everyone thinks I am. Really caught me off guard. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, this crazy. That's that's a. Uh, some some big money. But, I mean, hey, this is the first new champion in forever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> first, yeah. I, it's the first NWA World Heavyweight title change that we have seen that hasn't been Flair winning. There was Flair did... won it from Race. Mm-hmm, yeah. And Flair won it from Garvin. But we never saw the Garvin win. And we never saw... Flair take it back. And we never saw Race races win. Yeah, from before that. Replayed. But like the
1: did we see Flair get it back from Garvin? Yes. Okay. But yeah, I know that I know that he lost it off of T V yeah. at some point. But that was basically probably just to sell tickets for a pay per view to yeah, to get it off. Like, oh well we're not gonna show him lose on TV.
0: Exactly. And so, you know. So Gordon Solie catches up with Sting on the stage and once again Sting puts over Flair as the greatest champion of all time. Yeah totally. And he says, I got big shoes to fill But I'm going to do the best that I can do. And that's all we ask of you, Stinger. Yeah. And then JR and Bob recap the evening and say their goodbyes before the credits roll. So Michael Temple, Mm -hmm. what are your overall thoughts of Great American Bash 1990?
1: It was a really good show. Before we did this, we were, you know, pre-pro. I was looking at it and I was like, looking at the first few matches and I was like, was this a good show? Like kind of going over my head, and I was looking like, because we have the old guy party at the beginning. Yes, and I was like, I was like, was well, this a good show? And then once we were, as we were talking through the matches, 20, 30 minutes ago, an hour ago, I don't know how time works. But the, I was like, oh, I did like all of these matches. Like the old guy matches, I liked all the old guy matches because, they put over the young guy, and the old guys, they all worked, and like the one that was maybe like, the least technical was kind of the hottest where i was like how is this race wildfire match like going on like i think it's because obviously they they did have that feud from 10 years ago but for some reason they like still had some innate chemistry i feel like i mean i think which was weird
0: i I mean i think we're we're right on the same lines here with with our thoughts because I, I did the same thing when I looked at the card. I was like, "Oh wow, this could be." I normally I
1: try not to look at the card before I watch the shows because I a lot of the times I'm like, if I look at the card, I'm probably gonna see who the winner is. And typically, I don't want to. Like, there's some stuff like I know what was gonna happen at the end of the show. I didn't know how it was gonna
0: happen, but but I just know the- that because you know cause I. But here's the thing: all the matches got the right amount of time. That's true. Nothing. That's the thing. The NWA
1: that- WCW at this point in time is there's plenty of times where it overstays is welcome. Like there was a show recently that I really liked. And I was like, all these matches were great and they were constantly doing stuff. And I think that it was a really good. And your thing was like, it would be good if all the matches were shorter. And I was like, I see where you're coming from, but I don't feel like that they were, I mean, they were long because of all the reasons that make matches long Cause, they, cause with, like, because of holds because of, because but, of just like, let's, not let's talk about the yeah. Harley
0: race. Tommy Rich match if that match is four minutes longer three minutes of that is probably in a rest hold yes exactly and that takes away from that match uh-huh, yeah so
1: unless well, it's a submission match or the guy is a submission guy you shouldn't do that and if it's a submission guy then his submit he should have submissions that work certain parts of that work the part of the body that are for his big submission move. but, but nobody's doing like but on the lines yeah.
0: of that all the matches got the right amount of time. I feel we had two best of contenders on this show, in the Southern Boys, yeah, Midnight Express match, and then Flare and Sting. Mm-hmm. So you get all of that. All th- the all three tag
1: matches were
0: great. I mean, they were great. But yeah,
1: but I mean that was the best one. For sure. The best one, yeah. definitely. But I'm just saying, they're all all three tag matches are great.
0: But you add all that together. Uh huh. This match or this show was very very good
1: and it's one of those things like there's this show is also good for older for like at the time people that have been following wrestling for a longer time because you have your iron cheek and your harley race and your buddy landell and they're against these young guys and they put they put yeah and they put the young guys over but like it's still you know it might not maybe i don't know if those guys obviously those guys aren't like, drawing, but maybe they're drawing for the older wrestling fan.
0: I mean, JYD basically just came off of... He was in the Clash of Champions that was before this show. JYD and Flair were in the were fighting for the belt. So, I mean, they put JYD in the main event. Well, yeah, J-
1: JYD was huge, huge shit before he went to WWF. And then like was he was
0: shit in WWF. Yeah,
1: and, like, yeah, basically before we started watching yeah. he was a big draw but like you know he he was like a title the biggest draw basically in the territory that we live in right now exactly. he was uh what's the guy's name bill watts well yeah he he's bill watts guy
0: exactly which
1: i would love to see some of that stuff but i'm sure that it's pr- probably pretty non-existent and probably not very good but it'd be fun good Where, where's the smart marks at all right fuck you
0: i think it's time we smark it up so best moments of the evening, the rope-assisted drop kick. Yeah. On the Southern Boys.
1: Basic, yeah, that kind of that whole match. That the whole match. The uh, the Tiger Driver.
0: The Tiger. I... We don't usually text too often. No about, talk the about shows. these about yeah. these shows. No. But fucking Scott Steiner hits a Tiger Driver and. I went to my phone straight away and was like...
1: Tiger Driver! Tiger
0: Driver! <laughs> yeah. You just said Tiger Driver, and I was like, oh shit. The,
1: uh, so it would pump you up. Yeah. Like, like I said, all three tag matches were great, because like, we had the, big, the two big teams, like the big big boys. Like LOD's not here, but we have two teams of big guys that can both work yeah. better than LOD can, better than Road Warriors. And they had their huge blow-off match that was fantastic at the last show. Here they both go against smaller, smaller great teams, and they are both worked incredibly well. Like they're both the same kind of match, but they did definitely have a different feel. But it's still the same dynamic. And like you know, like we said, the most important thing is they don't go too long. But the the Southern Boys, Wild-eyed Southern Boys. What's the deal with the Wild-eyed Southern Boys?
0: I don't know, but it was so good. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on the um, all the tag matches. Vader showing
1: up. Yeah, Vader, that was like the only like kind of incon like not inconsequential because it was a squash match to put over Vader, but
0: but it's still Vader showing up. Yeah, and, it was awesome. And getting a scene. We've mentioned a couple th- the the first four matches like when you look at them you're like, "Oh, those matches probably don't matter yeah. a whole lot." And they don't really. No. But it's literally 25 minutes of your life that you're going to probably enjoy for the Honestly, most
1: part. Honestly, yeah, I found it really enjoyable. Yeah, it's like two ten minutes and like a two six minutes match or something like that. that. Oh, did you know there was a dark
0: match on the show? There was a dark match on the show. Okay, they didn't show it. So yeah, I don't know who
1: these guys are. I was just curious. I was just looking up because, you know, my notes are long, so I can get a You know, better look at the matches here. And I saw the dark match, and I don't know who either of those guys are.
0: How about disappointing moments of this show? The six man tag.
1: Yeah, six man tag
0: sucked. Fucking on ice. My pronunciation of. El Gigante.
1: It doesn't even matter. I don't even <laughs> that mad about it. Bit over. Match was, but it was the only thing here that's like, all those guys probably need to be on the show,
0: but I mean you got to have the Horsemen and yeah, the Horsemen are feuding with the dudes because that's they got to they got to
1: fill out their three hour pay per view and that was ten I mean, minutes to do it.
0: It just would have been nice if, I mean that's definitely the the worst match on the show. Yeah, Lex Luger. Because JYD doesn't sell for anybody. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I mean, Vicious isn't a good wrestler. El Gigante is not, a wrestler. not a, wrestler. a wrestler. So Paul Orndorff ends up having to work that match. Yeah. And he does a great job. Mm-hmm. I, I For what he's got. For, yeah. what he was, for what he was working with. But it's Paul Orndorff. And like we said, we hadn't seen him in three years. So is that the guy that should be carrying a match for you yeah it's
1: not like it was Brian Pillman or something exactly. or it's like oh he's gonna he's gonna bump for everybody and fly around the ring and
0: and that's another thing like I mean that, this is just a booking decision type yeah. thing but why wouldn't you put a younger upcoming guy with the dudes to get a little bit of a rub because, I mean I guess well, I guess because I mean I guess technically El Gigante is a younger yeah. guy that they're giving yeah, but he a can't, rub he can't work so but once you realize yeah. that he can't work why
1: wouldn't this was just to put the horsemen on the show, really. That's the only reason. And the thing is, like, we have we've got junkyard and Paul Warndorf. So like, is the only like true filler on the show where it's like, oh, if you're gonna skip one, that's the one to skip.
0: How what? about best performer of the night? Hmm. Is it one of the Southern Boys? I mean, try to look to see which one. Yeah. I Remember that did the.
1: I don't think that anybody worked poorly except for that one match. Like, I think that, I, I think that, that, I think either. Z-Man, I think that Tom Zink was great in that squash match. Yeah. He went, he was great in there. I mean, he made me believe. Yeah. he was awesome. Like he was, for that two minute match, he, he did his job uh, above and beyond
0: with a smile. The. I'll go Tracy Smothers. Cause he's the one that did the crazy moves for the Southern boys. Uh, okay.
1: And yeah, he's the one where it's like, oh, I know that name, but I guess I'd give it to them. But I, there's nobody that I would be like. Better luck next time. With the exception of El Gigante. Basically everybody in the ninth match. I, I mean, kind of expected I, th- thing... I th- like I said, no. I thought
0: Orndorf and Anderson did a good job. Yeah, but, but the do. other four guys like literally did yeah. nothing. And that's and I feel bad for Wyndham. that Wyndham like literally looked bad in that match, but it was because every time he was in, he was basically in there with JYD.
1: You can't work with somebody that can't work. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, not everybody They've got to at least have some kind of... Something going on yeah. for you to be able to... It's a two-way street. Yeah. I I think it's just because of 89 that I expect Sting matches to be... Or not Sting, sorry. flare matches to be long. That was the year of his long matches. And this one was like 16 minutes long. Which is plenty long, kind of, at the time. For pay-per-view matches, for sure. And it was good. Well, that was another,
0: another thing that I thought was interesting. Because... For the longest time, NWA has been having basically the seven matches on a show. Yeah. But all of them are going like twelve to eighteen minutes, and this time they went with eleven matches. It was better for it. And even with the one the longest matches, yeah. I want to say it was like 15, I think it's the fifteen, sixteen minutes.
1: Sixteen minutes for the last match for right? the main event. And it's like yeah, it's if the undercard is. This entertaining and that's a, great. A, that's because like all if it did, undercard is taking taking a few minutes away from like other tag matches only made them better. I, I, like I, these I, guys I, with these all three of these tag matches with with, four, sev- more, with this, four more minutes, if three if four more had minutes. This has
0: been a seven match show that a six man tag would have gotten probably twenty minutes or it wouldn't have happened. It probably would have gotten twenty minutes.
1: <sighs> I was gonna say I hope it didn't happen, but like though that's the that's the only really bad thing i can say yeah. about this show at all how about yeah. most
0: surprising i mean it's obviously vader. It's vader yeah vader showing up i mean vader and southern the, and the southern boys coming yeah. out of nowhere yeah like, that's you not I was, no like, I was like guys are. i was like oh
1: southern wild i was like and they're coming out with the dixie flags and i'm just like eye rolling them i'm like okay whatever and then the match starts and i was like
0: whoa. Well, all right
1: okay like that's yeah, kind of
0: the match of the show and now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The dusty finish. Ivan Koloff was but a transitional champion, as three weeks later, on February 8th, 1971, Pedro Morales would defeat him to become the fourth WWWF champion. Pedro Morales, born October 22nd, 1942, on the island of Kloobra, off the shore of Puerto Rico's main iron. He would make his professional debut in 1959 on a card held in New York City. Morales would travel the world plying his trade, wrestling in many promotions including the NWA and AWA. But his biggest break would come in the WWWF, winning the vacant United States Championship and then the WWWF Championship a month later. He would hold the title for over 1,000 days, which remains the longest reign ever by a Latino. Pedro Morales would also become the first man in history to win the Triple Crown in the WWF, as he would win the Tag Team Championship and the Intercontinental Championship in 1980. Morales also still holds the record for most days combined as IC Champion over his two reigns. After his retirement in 1987, Morales would become a commentator for the WWF Spanish language programming. He would also be inducted into the Professional Wrestling, WWF, and Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fames for his accomplishments.
1: How hard is it to say WWWF? It's, it's pretty tough. There's had to have been somebody in Mexico that's held a belt for a thousand days.
0: Just the, talking about the WWF Championship. Oh, uh, okay.
1: So like WWF because WWWF is still counts, right? Yeah. It's the same reign. But yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I was like,
0: I mean, I'm sure in like the WWC, the World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico, a Latino has. Yeah, I'm CML sure. Yeah, I'm sure that like uh, AAA, uh,
1: Mill Mascaris yeah. had that belt his whole t- whole life. Yeah. Next week, SummerSlam 1990. I know. We need to whip out your uh, Bret Hart shades, put on your swimsuit, and uh, surf into the 90s
0: with us. Because the heat returns. Mm-hmm. The music from this week's show is the theme from The Great American Bash 1990 and Turbocharged.
1: Which one's Turbo what's, what's Turbocharged? That's Sting's theme
0: music. Is it? Yeah. How does it go? You're hearing it right now.
1: That sounds pretty good
0: exactly it does you can always rate and review us on iTunes Stitcher Google Play or wherever you find your podcasts at go out there and give us those five stars
1: five stars or no stars, or no
0: stars. yeah
1: yeah let everyone now don't give us no stars I don't know if you can I don't okay. think you can I think you have to at least mm-hmm. get one one yeah
0: but we prefer five mm-hmm. uh, tell your friends families emanate, enemies an- 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 enemies an- 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 enemies your your blood pews an- you know if you have any of those just tell them about us mm-hmm. maybe
1: there won't be a blood feed anymore
0: exactly build a bridge yes you can always email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com or find us on twitter at wrestlingkistox that's wrestling h-i-s-t-o-x we'll talk to you next week